Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and welcome back again to Student of the Word. This is lesson number six in our series on miracles in Matthew. We're going to talk about the root of healing, which really goes back to the Jesus on the cross. We're going to see it today from Isaiah chapter 53 and from the New Testament on the subject of communion. Why two elements? Because Jesus did two major things for us on the cross. This is exciting. Let's go to the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here with us today. And you can go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. This is the chapter we're in. And uh, remember in chapter eight and chapter nine, individuals are healed. Up until now, Jesus has healed in the masses. Many, hundreds and hundreds of thousands came to him and he healed them all by the preaching of the word of God, but it never said he touched anybody. He didn't even describe who they were. It's just that people were healed in mass and he healed them all of every sickness and every disease. And then now in chapter eight and chapter nine, this is gonna be amplified in that Jesus takes individuals and heals them. In the midst of people, probably waiting to be healed, he pulls an individual out and he heals them. And last time we took in the verses before this, Peter's mother-in-law and how she was healed. And again, Jesus rebuked the sickness, spoke down to it. And this speaks of our authority in Jesus. And so Jesus did this, but again, has given that to us. Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the works of the enemy. So I want to thank my uh, partners that are watching, all of you who are just joined together with me, not joined at the hip, joined in the spirit. That you, from the moment you heard this teaching, you said, I identify with this guy. I like this guy. I like the way he presents it. And uh, that just resonated in your heart. That's not always true with everybody. That's why different pastors appeal to different people. I used to think, why didn't anybody in Tulsa like me? Well, they'd go to other churches. They might come to a service or something, say, we like your preaching. We prefer to be with this guy over here. So I put my ego down for a moment and say, okay, okay, but that's just true. I mean, that's why different ministers, different teachers, others you've had in life, different preachers that, that have organizations and things outside the local church, people are attracted to them. There's just something about them. And that's what I want. If there's something about me that attracts you to me, we have a click inside of ourselves joining us together in our hearts, then why don't you join me in giving in prayer and finances? Make it a monthly thing to where you dedicate yourself to praying for me during that month and also giving to me during that month so that we can keep on doing this and you simply realize one thing, whether it's me you're supporting or Andrew Womack or somebody else, in heaven you're gonna get rewards for that and those rewards will last forever and forever. You see, souls is the only thing in this earth that's eternal. We've been speaking about healing now. This is the sixth lesson on healing out of Matthew, miracles in Matthew, but the point of it is miracles aren't forever, healings aren't forever. If you get healed when you're 50 years old and die at 70, then you had 20 years worth of healing. But if you get saved at 50, you're saved for eternity. That's why angels don't rejoice over everybody that's delivered from a demon or healed of a sickness or whatever cancer is gone. That We get excited, we shout, we rejoice, but angels don't. They rejoice over every sinner who repents, and you are part of that by giving to this broadcast. And we see people's lives change, becoming disciples for the Lord, winning others to the Lord. So that simply says the giving we gave, when one person got saved, others got saved after that, we get rewards for that too. So this is the, re the reward of giving in the ministry. So if you'd like to become a partner with me, 
Go to BobGandian.com. You can find out there how to become a partner with me. And I thank you in advance for just being obedient to the voice of God. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17 says this. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all who were sick. Notice this, they they brought him all demon-possessed people. They brought all the sick to him who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. This is uh, verse four of Isaiah chapter 53. And verse four is separated from the verses around it because the verses around it is talking about forgiveness of sins. But in the middle of that, in verse four, it says, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our infirmities. And so it talks about there, and then by his stripes we are healed. Verse four is talking about divine healing in the midst of a lot of verses talking about salvation from sin. And that's because he accomplished both at the same time. Who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals all of our diseases, is attached together. They work together. In James chapter five, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. They'll lay hands on them, anoint them with oil. And if they've committed any sins, those will be forgiven. They are healed and they are forgiven of sins at the same time because the work of Jesus on the cross was his blood brought salvation, but the stripes on his body brought out healing for us. He accomplished both at the same time. And the other thing, part of it too, you say, yeah, but I thought healing was just temporary. It is, but God can use healing to get an eternal miracle into a person because especially when you are healed of something that you couldn't get rid of, the doctors can't get rid of, you realize it's impossible and you want to get rid of it and Jesus healed you of that, then you begin to realize something, well, then he can surely save me. for If he can do this temporary thing, that there's an eternal thing and I couldn't do either one of them. If he can do one, he can do the other. And healing becomes, as Kenneth Hagin used to say, the healing healing is dinner bells for the gospel. You ring it, ring it, ring it, and people come to get healed. And then when they leave, they're born again also. That doesn't mean when you're healed, you're automatically born again. No one opens up the door where you begin to realize, now I need Jesus as my savior. Isaiah 53 verses one, four, and five says this, who has believed our report? Our report is the gospel. Who has believed? How do you get born again? You believe the report. The report says, believe in Jesus. Then you believe it, you do it. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord is another term for salvation. The hand of the Lord deals with creation where he formed the earth with his hands and his fingers have to do with the creation of the universe. The Bible says in the Psalms that David was talking about that the uh, earth declares his handiwork, but the fingers of God, you know, created the stars, the moon and all the planets out there. But when it gets down to his arm, understand something, you have little a little strength in your fingers, more strength in your hand, but you have even more strength in your arm. It, in other words, this, say, this verse tells us that who has believed our report to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed, the arm of the Lord deals with salvation. It took more power to save us, redeem us out of Satan's kingdom than it did to create the entire universe. And it points this out. Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse four, it says, now surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. This is what the Hebrew uh, words are translated in your King James. It says, yet we esteemed him stricken by God and afflicted. But here's how Jesus said it. And this is how the Holy Spirit said in Matthew chapter eight, verses 16 and 17. It says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, 
himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. This is the correct translation of the two words found in Isaiah 53 verses four and five in your King James, that he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Verse five shifts back to our sins, our iniquities, our lack of peace in our life, and, and then also declares he died for that, but also that by his stripes we are healed. The two work hand in hand. Let's take the word griefs for just a moment. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The Hebrew for grief is the word koili. And the word koili means sickness or disease. It's translated sickness or disease in Deuteronomy 7.15, Deuteronomy 28.6, 1 Kings 17.17, 17, 2 Kings chapter 1 verse 2, 2 Kings chapter 8 verse 8, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, many verses there in 2 Chronicles 21. In verse 3, it says sorrows. And so uh, in sorrows, we have the word makab, which is the word pain. And so griefs and sorrows here in this verse of scripture, in verse three and in verse four, it's mentioned again strongly in verse four, where it says he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The word for sorrow is the word makab. It's the word for physical pain. And Job used this word in chapter 14 and verse 22 and chapter 33 and verse 19. Removal of sin is inseparable linked with healing of diseases. Throughout the word of God, these two are tied together. Let me give you some examples. In Exodus chapter 12, we have the Passover, which was offered for sins, but it also tells us after that, not one feeble one was among them when, when they left. Some two million people and some really old people, yet, yeah, but not one feeble one among them. Second Chronicles chapter 30 and verse 20, when the people took the Passover, the Lord listened to Hezekiah and healed the people. Healing came along with the Passover, which people think the Passover is only for salvation. No, it also represented healing. Leviticus chapter 14 and verse 18, atonement was made for the cleansing of the leper. Leprosy was a type of sin. Why was sickness used to help understand sin if they're both different from each other, yet it comes back to it. Both come from Satan, both came from the fall, and Jesus came to redeem us from the fall. Numbers chapter 21 and verse 9, a brass serpent was put for physical healing of snake bite on a pole, and when the people looked at that brass serpent, they were healed from the snake bite. And John 3, verses 14 and 15, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal or everlasting life. In, in John, it's bringing out strongly that when it was lifted up, it was a type of salvation and Jesus becoming sin for us that we might be made righteous now declares the fact that we've been separated from God and we do not have eternal life. We're headed for hell. That's the serpent that is the snake bite. But also the snake bite also includes sickness and disease and that brass serpent can take care of both. Psalm 103 verses one and three, forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. It's just simply two hands of what Jesus did on the cross 
one he did for our spirit, one he did for our physical body. And again, forget not all his benefits. All his benefits includes your spirit, but also includes your physical body for healing. Luke chapter four and verse 18, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit has anointed me to preach the gospel. Deliverance to the captive, that's sin, but recovering of sight to the blind is also sickness. And notice this, the gospel includes both. In chapter 15, of the book of, of Romans, Paul said, when I first came to you, I preached. And he said, when I preached to you, he said, I came not in just word only, but also in signs, wonders, and demonstrations. So I have fully preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you do not have signs and wonders and miracles and healings following your ministry, you may be preaching the gospel, but you're not preaching the full gospel. He said, I have fully preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why part of the title for Pentecostal denominations and churches is the fact that we are the full gospel because we believe that healing and signs and wonders and miracles are part of the gospel to help win souls. It's as powerful as preaching it, preaching it, they hear it, but by also their eyes, they can see it. Leviticus chapter 25 and verse nine, Jubilee began after the day of atonement and Jubilee not only was a time of walking in the atonement and rejoicing the fact that you're saved, but saw everything return to its original owner, righteousness, health to believers, sin and sickness came back to Satan. Everything went back to its original owner. And I used to be the possessor of things and in this earth and health and Satan had sickness and disease and he, we swapped. And on that day, by understanding truly what Jubilee is and Jesus going to the cross, what Satan used to have now goes back to him. What I used to have comes back to me. And again, this is all the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I will see you right after the break. Miracles in Matthew is a systematic studying of the healing miracles of Jesus, which are presented to us in the book of Matthew. This series emphasizes the fact that Jesus healed believer and unbeliever, Jew and Gentile, male and female, old and young, rich and poor. He made no distinctions. Healing was and is for all. The sermon titles in this 10-message set are Jesus Healing Ministry, Jesus First Healing, The God of the Impossible, Healing of the Centurion Servant, Peter's Mother-in-Law, Think on These Things, After the Healing, You Are Forgiven, The Healing of the Two Women, and Avoiding Unbelief. To order Miracles in Matthew, visit our website at bobyendian.com. How much faith do I need to be healed? In The Grace of Healing, Bob Yandian answers this question and reveals the missing ingredient to the healing you've been praying for, grace. Throughout church history, the doctrines of grace and faith have been taken to separate extremes as they relate to healing. The result is that many believers struggle to receive healing from God. Those on the side of grace deny the need for faith, believing that God only heals a select few. For those who only see a need for faith, the pursuit of healing becomes a legalistic struggle to change God's mind. Pastor Bob takes a different approach with practical biblical teaching that balances both elements of grace and faith. You'll find the healing you've been waiting for when you find the missing ingredient of grace. To order The Grace of Healing, visit bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Many of the points that I'm teaching on in these lessons are found here in my book on the grace of healing. The reason why I wrote this book, and you can see on the front there's a hand being lifted up to heaven. This hand that's being lifted up is empty. That's because that's the hand of faith. But the hand that's being reached down to us, all wrapped up in this light up here, is the hand of God that's full. Before we have faith, God has grace. And this is called the grace of healing. So it's really looking at healing more from the side of the grace of God giving us healing than from our side receiving it. So many books that have been written on the subject of healing always deal with the subject of faith and how we need faith. And that's true. I learned so much about faith by studying divine healing, about the importance of my faith. But listen, the only thing my hand can do in faith is reach up to God who has a full hand. And I can just reach up and take because he offered first. He offers everything that pertains unto life and godliness. And so I can reach out and receive it. So that's what this book is about. You'll be blessed by this book, tremendously blessed by this book. Let's get back to Isaiah 53 and especially verse four, that healing is part of the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. And we ended up with Jubilee, Leviticus chapter 25 and verse nine, the, the year of Jubilee began after the day of atonement. Isn't that interesting? And on Jubilee, all these physical things returned to their original owner that was you know, lost some 50 years ago, now can be returned, or during the past 50 years was taken wrongly from us, and now we want the possession back. Jubilee began after the Day of Atonement, and Jubilee saw everything return to the original owner. And with us and Satan, righteousness used to belong to us in Adam, Satan stole it. And health to the believer used to be in the garden, but Satan stole it. Sin and sickness is what Satan gave to us, for righteousness and health. He took the good from us, left the bad with us. But now that we've entered into Jubilee, everything goes back to its original owner and I get righteousness and health back and he gets sin and sickness back. It's just this divine swap that happens. But again, it began after the day of atonement. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29 and 30 tells us about the communion elements. What's so important about the communion elements is because there's two elements, not just one. One is for sin and the other is for sickness. And for this cause, we are told in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29 and 30, it says, and for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep or die early. What? Not discerning the Lord's body. If you see the elements there, you look at the two elements, you don't think there's a difference between the two. Well, this just represents the fact that Jesus died for my sins. No, that's what the cup represents. But the bread represents the fact that by his stripes you are healed. The cup represents his blood and the bread represents his body. And remember in Isaiah chapter 53, that it's seen as the work of the blood of Jesus. And then also it's seen as the work of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus took our sins, but he also took our sicknesses because by his stripes, we are healed. So again, the verse says in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 30, it says, for this cause many are weak and sick among you and many sleep or die early. And what cause is it not discerning the Lord's body? You don't understand that the two are different. I ministered this in our church one time and what the Lord showed me was, he said, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? He said, yes. He said, you've only drank the cup. What about the bread? I said, well, what do you mean by that? He said, when are you gonna accept me as your personal healer? And from this time on, understand that you are healed.
Just like when you receive Jesus as Savior, you are a Christian, and therefore you have the power to resist sin by the Holy Spirit living in you and also by the Word of God in you. Why don't you do that with the, with the bread and just take the bread one Sunday and when you receive it, just receive me as your personal healer. And just like from that point on, I'm not saying you'll never get sick again any more than I'm saying when you get saved, you'll never sin again. But no, now you stand in a whole new position towards sin. You can stand in a whole new position towards sickness. I had the whole congregation do that. It's like everybody went, oh wow, that's great by seeing the two elements and you receive them separately. You don't take them both at the same time. You take of the bread and then you take of the cup. And the bread shows that if you take it before the cup that Jesus wants to heal everybody, whether you're a sinner or a saint. And so he, Jesus healed everybody. It says after he healed all of everybody that came, the thousands that came, he healed everybody of everything. It says some believed in him or many believed in him. So there were some that did not believe in him, even though they saw a miracle, it happened, but yet healing was for them too. Why? Because the cross is for everybody, including divine healing. And it's not some special case where God flips a coin and you win, you lose. No, we all won through the cross. We all got heads on the cross and we all won. All you have to do is receive it. Now, again, there's some things that can block it. And uh, you know, you're healing. There's a number of things that are brought out in the word of God that will stop it but and keep it from coming. But again, you conquer those things and healing is for everybody. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse 11 says, the life is Jesus made manifest in our mortal bodies. The life of Jesus is made manifest in our mortal bodies. So the life of Jesus is healing and God wants us to have healing in our mortal bodies. Notice again, healing is temporary. It's only as long as we're in this mortal body, but salvation in our spirit goes all the way with us to heaven and lasts forever. So God can take a temporary miracle to give us an eternal miracle. James chapter five and verse 16, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Verse 15 says, the prayer of faith will save the sick and if he's committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Look at the power of receiving Jesus as your savior. And then once you do coming back and simply confessing your sins to the Lord, getting yourself right with other people around you, and that can bring healing into your life. What can stop healing is antagonism and, and anger and division between Christians. And that's what's saying here, come and get rid of those things and watch God begin to heal. Christians in a church service. Matthew chapter nine, verses four through six. Jesus said, knowing their thoughts, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or arise and walk, but that you may know the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Look at this verse. He's saying so that you'll know I can forgive sins. I'm gonna heal this guy because healing is the outward expression of what God wants to do inside of your heart. And healing is going to prove if I can do this in your flesh, I can save you in your spirit. And so again, what he said, which is easier to say? Why well, he was talking there to those Pharisees, which is easier to say? To, to, to your sins are forgiven or arise, take up your bed and walk. For them, your sins are forgiven. They didn't mean it. They didn't, could, didn't have that power. But when, when a person gave an offering, they go, thank you, brother, your sins are forgiven. Thank you, sister, your sins are forgiven, which is stupid. You can't buy forgiveness of sins. But they would say that. They said it all the time, but they would never say, arise and take up your bed and walk because they knew it wouldn't work. Well, it wouldn't work for them for healing and it certainly wouldn't work for them for salvation. But the one that conquered both was standing in front of them. He says to prove to you 
I can save you. I'm going to heal this man. And so he said, arise, take up your bed, go to your home. And again, he was healed. Even the word salvation, when we're saved in the word of God, is the Greek word sozo. Well, we're told from uh, the word of God, and we're also told from commentaries that sozo means many different things. It can mean salvation. It can also mean physical healing. It can mean wholeness. Not only are you healed and not only you saved, but it brings wholeness to your entire inward man, including your outward man. And so again, the word salvation sozo is what is determined and brought about by many commentators saying it's the all-inclusive word of the New Testament, being used for physical healing, being used for salvation in your spirit, and being used for wholeness, that when you're saved, your faith has made you whole. That's what he told the woman with the issue of blood. Again, often the uses of this word are just incredible because it just doesn't mean salvation. It also means healing. Jehovah Rapha was the title for Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And it means I am the Lord who heals you. So he not only healed them in the Old Testament, it comes right on into the New Testament. Jehovah is the redemptive title of the Lord. All names are attached to his redemption. Sidkenu, Shalom, our peace, Shama and Ra'ah, he's our shepherd, Jireh, our redemption. We go down the list so much of all the Lord has done for us, but those titles were there, but he's also Jehovah Rapha. Isaiah 53 verses four and five. Let me give you some other translations because your King James just simply mans it, says that, you know, he forgives our uh, iniquities and, and heals our diseases. That's brought out in what it simply says in Isaiah 53 verses four and five from the King James is the fact that Jesus gave us salvation and doesn't mention divine healing, but Jesus did mention divine healing through the Holy Spirit. Again, in Matthew chapter eight, verses 16 and 17, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And that's the correct translation of Isaiah 53 and verse four. Here's what Young's translation says of Isaiah 53 verses four and five. He was a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. Surely it was our sicknesses that he has borne and our pains, and he carried them. Notice this again, not only was sin taken, but these verses isolate the fact that Jesus Christ also took our sicknesses to the cross because it's by his stripes on his body that we are healed. Again, the work of the bread that we take in communion. Isaac Leeser's translation, he was a man of pains, and acquainted with disease, but only our diseases did he bear and our pains he carried. This is Isaiah 53. This is not the New Testament writing on it. This is the Old Testament and the meaning of the Hebrew word. Our diseases did he bear and our pains he carried. And this is physical disease and physical pains he went to the cross. Again, this is to let us know he can take care of our sins at the same time. And sickness and disease is an outward demonstration that if Jesus can do this, he can take care of our inward man on the inside. If he'll do this temporary thing for me, he can also do the eternal. The Amplified Translation says, he was a man of sorrows and pains and acquainted with grief and sicknesses. Rotherham, he's a man of pains and familiar with sickness. Our sicknesses he carried and as for our pains, he bore them the burden of them. And this is my favorite translation, Isaac Leeser. 
and says he was despised and avoided by men, a man of pains and familiar with sicknesses. Like one from whom people screamed their faces, we despised him and did not count him for anything. But in fact, it was our sicknesses he was carrying, our pains he was loaded with, while all the time we thought he was a smitten one struck by God and disciplined, but he was being stabbed by our crimes, felled by our guilt. The chastisement to give us soundness came on him, and by his stripes we got healing. But it still comes back to it. The best commentary was from the Holy Spirit himself in Matthew 8, 16, and 17, where the Holy Spirit said, here's what Isaiah 53, 4 says, when evening was come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Many years ago, Billy Graham did a, a meeting in a foreign country. Anyway, it was in his Decision Magazine, and he taught salvation out of Isaiah 53 and commented at the end of the meeting, many people got healed, and all he said was, there must be more to Isaiah 53 than we thought there is. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.